Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Bears and Izzy for breakfast on the 9th of September. No Bears today, Izzy, but you are in some of the best form I've seen you in, mate. A big show, talking NFL, Sophie Pascoe, you feeling good? I'm feeling good. Yeah, we had some great guests um, talking NFL with Adam Tasha out of the United States, and we got some great feedback actually hearing from our listeners who they support, who are they looking forward to watching, and uh, mate, it was awesome, awesome. And then we had Sophie Pasco, mate. Sophie Pasco, look, what no words really. That was an no. unbelievable interview. Great insight to what she's about and what she gets up to, and the things that she was going to before, uh, going through before the games, and. Um, her identity, figuring out who she is as a person. She is more than just an athlete. So unbelievable insight, Louis. Really enjoyed today's show. Oh, bang on. It was her about her identity and becoming who she is and just amazing. And you've become the punt man. Speaking of becoming people, you are now officially <laughs> the punt man. I'm the punt man, mate. If you think you got what it takes, race five, number four, snatch at Woodville. Get on. Lisa Allpress is racing. If it gets up, you'll hear from me more. If not, don't worry about it. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We've had an unbelievable show so far. If you haven't heard the first hour, head to our podcast. If you missed anything, head over and have a wee catch up. Have a wee listen, and you'll get all the gravy of what's just unfolded on that first hour. We spoke, it to, we spoke about Will Jordan and his position playing wing, and, well, just out my thoughts on... Well, any position, when you get an opportunity to wear that jersey, whatever number it is, go out there, wear it with pride, no one's bigger than the team. And then we had an absolute doozy of a quiz, and Dave brought it home, brought the gravy home with three straight. He was absolutely fizzed. He was pumped to get home with that quiz. But anyway, coming up on this next hour, we're going to be talking to Frankie Mackay, talking about the Black Caps. Yes, they went down against Bangladesh. Just what went wrong? As uh, Will Will Young actually scored half of his team's runs last night. So batting-wise, batting conditions were tough. But if Will Young could have done it, how come the rest didn't step up? What went wrong last night? So it would be fascinating to hear what Frankie Mackay has to say about what went on in Bangladesh last night. But before then, we're going to chat to NFL expert Adam. Adam Taysha, 
from out of the US. And so we want to ask you at home. Want to ask you if you've, you're an NFL supporter, who is your team? And if you've got any questions for Adam, give us a call or give us a text because we'd love to pass it over to Adam. He is an absolute champion. He is out of the Kansas City Chiefs area, and we've got him on the line. So if you've got any questions, give us a text on double eight double three for Adam. Who is your NFL team? I am the Carolina Panthers, but today I'm wearing a Kansas City Chiefs jersey. So, yep, give us a text. Do you think the Americans sing football is coming home when the NFL season returns each year? Because the NFL is back, baby. Tomorrow afternoon, the new season kicks off with the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, taking on America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sitting here today, though, in my Kansas City Chiefs t-shirt. Because how can you not love Patrick, my homeboy, and the team have done over the last few years? I was lucky enough to be at that Super Bowl in Miami when he took down Joe's 49ers team. Unlucky, Joe. But morning, Adam. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Well, how are you all doing today? We're doing well. We're doing well, mate. I'm sitting here in my Tyreek-signed Kansas City uh, jersey. I was lucky enough to go to Miami and watch that Super Bowl. That was before the world went crazy with this COVID. But, mate, Kansas City, how good, eh? Yeah, they are um, you know, had a nice training camp and a nice preseason. Um, they look like they're primed for another big season. Um, hard to tell. Uh, you know, there's always some surprises along the way. But right now, uh, I, I think the Chiefs are primed for another big season. So... I saw something on, on social media the other day. Tyreek Hill saying he can beat Usain Bolt in a running race. Is, is it, am I right? Is he is he is he okay? Um, um, let's put it this way: if I had to bet, I would bet on uh, Usain Bolt in that race. But uh, Tyreek Hill is fast, and uh, you know, yeah. if they're racing over forty yards, you know that that's kind of Tyreek Hill's specialty. Bolt is more of a hundred yard guy, so. Uh, Hey, um, uh, who, who knows? Um, you know, I, I, I yeah. feel like um, you know at this point, you know, hey, you have to take Tyreek Hill seriously at this. Hey, we've got Adam Teicher on the show. He is the Kansas City Chief uh, NFL Nation reporter for ESPN. So the behemoth, which is ESPN, you've kind of got the gravy job at the moment, don't you, Adam? How long have you have you covered the team? And I'm sure they haven't always been this good. Although Andy Reid's been around for a while now, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, um, Andy Reid has been around for a while. Um, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, this is going to be his ninth season with the Chiefs, and uh, it's been a you know the most successful string in uh, in franchise history for sure. Um, they've done a nice job under him, so um, you know, interesting to see where it goes from here. Hey, I want to ask you about um, my team. I'm a Carolina Panthers supporter. It's been a tough couple of years. We lost Cameron Newton. We lost Greg Olson. We got Christian McCaffrey. Is there any hope for the Carolina Panthers? Is there any hope this year? Well, until they get that quarterback situation figured out, um, it's hard to yeah. see how that team is going to compete against Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and some of the other better teams in the NFC, um, you know, it, it feels like they're sort of grasping at straws with Teddy Bridgewater and um, now Sam mm. Darnold at quarterback. It, it seems like they're searching for something and, and kind of biding their time until they can find the right guy there. So uh, until they get that figured out, I think they, it allows, they might have some good teams and, 
Uh, maybe this year they can uh, you know, win some games, but um, I, I don't see them making the playoffs or, or, or being uh, or, or really even being a serious challenger in that regard. Mm. I want to ask you about Teddy Bridgewater because he was at the Minnesota Vikings and then he had that horrific injury and he hasn't been able to get back to those heights that he was before then. Can he come back and maybe potentially regain the form? Because he was an absolute superstar before that horrific injury. Yeah, um, you know, he played, the Panthers played the Chiefs last year, and it was a great game. I don't know if you remember that game. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs won right at the end, um, and I thought Teddy Bridgewater played a great game. Uh, if that was the real Teddy Bridgewater, I think the, the Panthers might have something, but he, he's not able to sustain that and do that every kind of thing every week, but uh um, you know, if he can get to that form, I think he can be uh, the kind of player people thought he was when he came out of college. And he's got another shot this year with the Denver Broncos, so uh, we'll see. Yeah. Hey, Adam, in New Zealand we have rugby, and the first 5-8 position is kind of the closest thing we've got to the quarterback position. You, if you don't have a good first five, you, you, you're going to be hopeless. But I feel like in modern NFL or football, American football, really the quarterback position has never been more important. You get to watch Patrick Mahomes week in, week out, and, and he just seems to be like not from this earth, this earth really. So how, how crucial is that position becoming? Explain to us what you've seen from Patrick Mahomes and why he is so much better than the field. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's become everything in the NFL. You know, years ago, the NFL was a running league, and, and you could make, you could win with a guy who was good at handing the ball off and didn't, uh, you know, just didn't make mistakes that cost his team the game. But uh, you can't get away with that now. Now it's a different world, and it's a passing league, and you got to have somebody who can make the plays for you. And Mahomes has done that better than anybody else over his first three years as a starter. I mean, his stats are are tremendous. I mean, he's a half million dollar uh, player now. Um, so um, you know, it's uh, he he's just done it better to this point of his career than anybody else has. Oh, nice. We're talking to Adam Tisher out of the NFL, working NFN correspondent for the Kansas City. Chiefs uh, reporter, I should say. Sorry. Um, if you've got any questions, give us a text and double eight double three. We'll fire those through to Adam. Mate, um, who, talk about this season. Who are the favourites? Who are the favourites? Who are we looking for to be at come playoff, uh, playoff season towards the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the AFC, I think there's a lot of good candidates. Of course, the Chiefs, you know, they have a lot going for them. Um, they certainly could wind up in a third straight Super Bowl. But, um, you know, there, there's some teams in the AFC that I could easily see there. I mean, I, the Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Um, you know, there's some other teams that I think are going to be very good this year that could sneak in there. The Los Angeles Chargers, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I, I feel like there's a number of teams in the AFC that could get there this year. In the NFC, I feel like the list of real contenders is smaller than that. You know, you're looking probably, obviously, at Tampa Bay again, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. uh, Green Bay Packers, maybe the Los Angeles Rams, and, and the San Francisco 49ers. Other than that, I, I'd be really surprised to see anybody else from the NFC in the Super Bowl. Nice. So you spoke about the Cleveland Browns, and I, I just want to ask this question. Odell Beckham Jr., Odell Beckham. How's he? How's he going? How's he going? Is he going to have a standout season? Is he going to be injury free? What's his? You know, how, how's he coming to fruition throughout uh, throughout preseason? 
Yeah, tough to predict where it's going to go for him because his last few mm. seasons, really, since he's been with Cleveland, have not been what anybody expected him to be. His career's kind of taken a downturn, mm. Not some of it not his fault yeah. because of injuries. But, uh, you know, it looks like he's healthy now, um, so I expect him to be a factor on Sunday and, and all season long. Uh, as long as he stays mm. healthy, I think the Browns, uh, you know, have something good going there. You know, we'll have to see where it goes for him, but um, I would expect big things from him for sure. Hey, Adam, uh, we've had a text here from one of our listeners, Jordan. Can you ask Adam if they have a salary cap? It's a good question because I saw that Bill Belichick and the Patriots this year rarely opened the purse strings. So what's the spending like and how does that financial structure work? Yeah, there is a salary cap in the NFL, but it's not straight cash. It's not just – there's a lot of things that go into it in, in, in terms of – it's uh, one of the calculations used to figure a salary cap is not just what you're paying a guy this year, but the length of the contract, the bonus money that you might have given him last year or in future years, it all figures into this. So uh, it, it's not an easy tutorial to talk about how the salary cap is figured, but – there is a salary cap in the NFL, and one of the things that made it a little more difficult this year is that uh, because of COVID, the revenues were down in the NFL last year, so the salary cap for the first time ever took a step backwards this year, from, from last year to this year, so a lot of teams had to struggle with that. New England wasn't one of them. They uh, were able to find a way to make it work, but uh, some other teams really did struggle with that, so... Uh, um, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, there's always a, the, the thing to remember about the salary cap in the NFL is, is there's always a way around it. You know, you can, you can mortgage future years and really, uh, um, you know, decide to push all your chips into the table on this year and sign whoever you want. Now you're going to have to pay for that in future years, but it can be done. Yeah. There's ways around everything, mate. There's ways around everything. People seem to find a way how to dodge everything. Mate, I got another text. Message here, um, Adam. Thoughts on Tua Tanga Vailoa with a full preseason under his belt. Is is he a hundred percent fit after his hip injury? That's from Brett. Great question out of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, you know, big year for him because I feel like if even though he's so early in his career, I feel like if he doesn't show mm. the Dolphins some things, maybe it's maybe they're going to be moving to to uh, bring in another quarterback. So. Uh, uh, I'm wondering uh, exactly where it's headed for him, but um, you know, if he can stay injury free, I feel like he's going to have to show some things. And uh, you know, it's, it, the opinion of the people I talk to seem to be split on him whether he's capable of doing that. Uh, you know, mm. a, a little bit maybe like Sam Darnold we talked about earlier that uh, um, yeah. there's there's a lot of people who just aren't sure about him and feel like the Dolphins are. Just sort of biding their time with him until they can find a better alternative. So uh, they, mm. the thing to remember about the Dolphins in, in terms of replacing him at quarterback is they have a lot of resources to do that. They're in good shape with the salary cap. They have a lot of draft picks they could trade for another quarterback if that's what they decide to do. So, uh, you know, again, we'll see where it goes with the Dolphins, but um, they're a team to watch when it, terms to, when it comes to finding another quarterback because they have the resources mm. to do that. 
Oh, brilliant stuff, nice. Adam. Absolutely loved having you on and, and great insights into how the, the NFL works because it's a commercial beast that really is quite unlike anything we have in New Zealand. I love it. W- w- one to get you out on. You are the Kansas City Chiefs, man. You know all things Chiefs. We love a little wager on the show. I don't know whereabouts you are in the States and if you've got a, a bookie that you're allowed to talk about or not, but we're getting about five and a half to one for the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year. So just a tad over five to one. Is that a good bet in your eyes? Um, uh, I, I feel like the <laughs> AFC is so deep this year. It's going to be really hard for any given team to, to win. I, I just feel like you might need, I would need more than five to one. I think to, to bet yeah. on the chiefs, not because I don't think they're good or don't have a good shot. I just feel like, you know, it, it, it's a razor's edge sometimes in, 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 it, you know, can, it can, get thrown off track by one bad day or one bad play. Um, you know, they, the Chiefs, you remember uh, three years ago now, were, were one play from the Super Bowl um, against New yeah. England in the AFC Championship game and, and couldn't get it done. So it's it's so Brady. tough. And I, I feel like I would need – there's so much competition in the AFC. While I like the Chiefs, I feel like I'd need more than 5-1 to one to make that bet. Fair enough. All right, mate. We'll let Fair you enough. go. Izzy, you happy with that? That's, that's about right? Oh, that is great, man. What great insights, Adam. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. The, the, the listeners really uh, got some great insights out of the NFL, so thanks hey, so much. No problem. Anytime, man. Take it easy, Adam. Have awesome. Awesome, there you go. Adam Adam Teicher out of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the NFL Nation reporter over there for ESPN. A big win- a weekend of sport coming up, but yesterday, which includes the All Blacks-Argentina game, and yesterday we got the breaking news through about Geordie Barrett. Is he that he is off the hook? He's having none of it. The red card has been wiped. It's like it never happened. We can forget about it. But it kind of, well, it made us think hypothetically about what would happen to the outside backs. And and with Corey Jane on the show, you had a good chat about the outside backs and how they've been playing. And you kind of got into a great little rhythm about Will Jordan and why he is fitting the right wing position so much better than, well, not so much better, but probably um, just a little bit more comfortably than fullback at the moment. That was about it, right? Yeah, yeah, I had a great chat about Will Jordan yesterday. Just spoke about um, what I saw. Mate, uh, look, don't get me wrong, unbelievable talent, fullback, uh, hugely, hugely talented back there. And, and if he if he gets an opportunity to play in that 15 jersey, I don't think he'd have done any injustice at all. I think he'd do it extremely well. Um, but just, just a few little things he'll probably just need to work out, uh, work out on, on at, back, at the back with uh, playing fullback. Just a little bit of decision-making back there I've seen and little glimpses throughout his uh, Crusaders career at the back. Just just little things when he's under a bit of pressure, you know, his his first mindset is always to run, and I never judge that, you know, and that is always at the top one, someone's priority. But there is a time when you have to kick it, and I just think his decision-making back there, when of the run, whether to kick it can just be a bit more flourished, and um, that will come with time, time in the saddle to uh, get that experience, those big game moments, and that'll come. So I love him on, on the wing. I love him on the wing. He has an unbelievable try score. He scores tries. His ability to know where the ball is, his anticipation, you know, like when guys make breaks, who's always there? Will Jordan. You know, he can anticipate play the best ever. You know, he's unbelievable. You watch him out on the field, and you'll see the ball. You'll see the ball over here, and you'll watch him work, working to get into space, not even just get there, to get into a realistic position to actually receive the ball. 
and actually put himself in a position to probably score tries. You know, he is he is so good, and he's got speed to burn. You know, I I, I saw something on the All Blacks Instagram the other day that Rico Yuani, when he chased down Tom Banks, he got up to about thirty eight point three kilometers an hour, like thirty eight. That than is so blue. quick. That is, <laughs> that is way faster than Cornflower Blue, mate. There ain't no no skidding on the on the boots here. He is gripping in, mate. He is gripping in. Cornflower Blue might need to watch that clip. <laughs> um, but mate, like that's what I mean. Those they've got some absolute speed. That speedsters on the outside, and Will Jordan. Like, I just love him on the wing. He doesn't really have to think. I think defensively it will help his game a lot better. I found when I went to the wing, you know, when I was playing fullback, I was a terrible defender. But when I went into the a wing a position, you're actually on the front line. You're getting up. You're making bringing line speed. You're putting tackles on. Um, I think defensively it will help his game as well. But attack, mate, that's that is his bread and butter. Get him, get in the ball. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about passing. Just get the ball and run and score tries. So Will Jordan for me is. As, as a winger out and out. We've got some great texts here yesterday, actually. Yeah, um, go for it. Louis, I'll, I'll read a couple out. So, morning, boys. Will Jordan is the new Izzy. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Very similar <laughs> player. Keeps his talented man like our fullback, Zahn Sullivan. Auckland is the future. In future looks the part. Cheers, Dave Karaka. And, um, yeah, that, that's mate, a great message as well because Zahn Sullivan, he plays for Auckland, he plays for the Blues. He is a huge, huge talent, mate. He's got a big, big future. Um, got a lot of game time for the Auckland Blues this year. Um, I played actually a bit of rugby with his old man in Hawke's Bay. Wallace Sullivan, his brother's Balin Sullivan, who's just gone to the Hurricanes. Um, look, big, big future for Zahn. He's only young, and, and what I love about his game is his, like he's got probably the, be, the best kick, uh, kicking game from, from fullbacks going around in, in the Super Rugby at the moment. He is left-footed. He puts, he's got it on a string. He puts the ball in front of his forwards every every single time. Um, I'd love to see him develop that running game. So whether he, you know, he's got that kicking down down pack now. So show us a bit of that running game, his attacking flair. But a huge, huge future for him. And and then I've got another message here, uh, Louis. Hey, Izzy, agree with your chat about having Will Jordan being on the wing. Best spot for him, the same as Rico on the wing. He's not developed his skills enough at centre. When do people get so gutted about their favourite players being out of position? Isn't it great to be in the starting 15 regardless as a player? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Fergus from Danubic. Um, Mate, that is a great question, and I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. I remember this time I played against Australia in 2016. I played fullback. Steve Hansen comes in. I was just going to taller. I come out. You, it, Tuesday morning, you want to avoid Steve Hansen anyway. Tuesday morning. That's when he names the team, and if he talks to you on Tuesday morning, it, doesn't, it means you're not playing. So you're like, oh, no. If he comes up to you, like, okay, I'm not playing here. You know, I was in the toilet. I come out and Steve's waiting for me. Steve's waiting for me to come out of the toilet. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not playing. I've just played against Australia. I must have played poorly. Come out and he goes, hey, mate, you're not playing fullback. And I was like, oh, okay. I go and he goes, you're playing right wing. And I was like, oh, awesome. Yes, never played wing in my life. But like like uh, Fergus just said, isn't it? Don't you just want to be on the field? So he chucked me in that wing. I was pumped just to be out there. You want to be on the on. You want to be on the field, mate. It doesn't matter if you're playing wing or you're playing lock. You know, you just want to be a part of it. So, look, I totally agree. Wherever you get that position, whether you are on the field, you're going to do it justice. And those boys, Rico and Will, centers to wings, unbelievable. Is Great he, talent. Is he love it? And and was that was it 2016? And did we play Wales? And you spent a bit of time on the right wing, and you had an unbelievable series, and you scored a couple or one try right up the right flank. Is that that same? Is that the same season I'm thinking of? 
Yeah, that's the same season. I came back from my shoulder injury that year, and um, yeah, I played full. I started fullback in that game against Wales, and then uh, we got an injury, and Bodie came on to fullback, and I pushed out to the right wing. Played a little bit there, but I was more of a fullback. Thought I was a fullback, and then played fullback in the start of Bledisloe series. And then uh, we got another injury. Someone went off anyway, and I just started playing wing. And I love wing, mate. It was it was it was unbelievable. It, it, it helped my game, and it just for me it just made me just forget about all the things that I was trying to do. I just could just play off so much freedom on the wing. I felt so really really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean that's incredible because I'm I'm I don't know, but I assume some players would have trouble putting that pride or ego to the side about being going from fullback to wing or out of position. I guess that was the question really from Fergus, nah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was the question, and and like I said it yesterday when we were talking about the Warriors chat, no one's bigger than the team, mate. doesn't matter where you play. You do what's best for the team. You do what's best for the team. You do what's best for your mates. You get an opportunity to put that jersey, whether it's got one or, or 15 on it, doesn't matter. Go out there, do it with pride, represent your family and your teammates with pride, and go out there and just nail the job. doesn't matter. You're getting an opportunity. Sophie Pascoe, where, where do I start? The wonderful Sophie Pascoe. Absolute legend, mate. She has represented us with so much pride over many, many years. 19 medals in total. What a champion. But Pasco starting to put him off on this race. And she desperately wants to be standing on top of the podium, listening to God defend New Zealand by the end of this session. And Sophie Pasco looking very good, very strong. Has got a fine stroke, settled so quickly despite the start by the earlier regard. And I dare say, a monicum of revenge is on the cards here for New Zealand's Pasco. Now Sophie Pasco just dropping off a little bit. She was close to that world record mark and coming through very strong. It's Bianca Papp of Hungary, but I think Pasco is going to hold on. She glides for that stroke. Sophie Pasco becomes the new Paralympic champion, regained her title. She lost in London. Sophie Pasco is leading by such a substantial margin that there is very, very little concern about who is going to win this race. It looks like Sophie Pasco is going to take it. It's all about the final 50 for the other medals, but the gold has been decided already by Sophie Pasco and well ahead of world record pace as well. Set to crack her own world record, the defending champion. But it is Sophie Pasco who becomes an eight-time Paralympic gold medalist in world record time in the 200 individual medley SMT. Wow. If you're not getting goosebumps listening to that, there is something wrong with you. It's an absolute honour and privilege to be able to welcome our next guest on the Baz and Izzy for Breakfast show. After all their success, not only at this year's Paralympics in Tokyo, but also the last three previous Paralympics, amassing 11 gold medals, 7 silver medals and a bronze, totalling 19 medals all up. The question now is, Sophie Pascoe, is she our greatest athlete? Well, I think personally she has put Ford a bloody solid case. Also, she loves a red wine, and I promised her all those years ago I would share a bottle with her that I got given, but I'll have to apologise. Soph, I drank it. Good morning, mate. How are you? Morning, is How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, my friend. I'm sorry. I, I drank that like nice little craggy range, Sophia, I promised to share with you. I'll get us another one to, to celebrate your successes, my friend. <laughs> Congratulations. Unbelievable. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm good, thanks. I mean, you've woken me up in MIQ, so <laughs> <laughs> the only I apologise. I, I apologise, no, Soph. I'm all good, and I'm, 
Um, it's obviously unusual times being here now at EIQ, straight after um, a bit of a whirlwind like that. But um, no. I couldn't have asked for a better game to go ahead for myself personally than what I thought it would have looked like a, about a year ago. So very happy. Nice friend. I, I actually sorry because I I follow you on Instagram. I saw you woke up at about eleven a.m. the other day, and I thought maybe eight a.m. She might be pushing her to wake up. You've been having a bit of a good sleep in an MIQ, eating some good tucker. I see. Yeah, well, my family has definitely dropped me off a month's worth of food, so I'm. I think they think they want maybe they want me in here longer. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, Sophie, um, it's Louis here. Look, the the emotional roller coaster of probably the last five years, but let alone the last couple of weeks, and now you're by yourself in a room, just alone, kind of, I don't know, how, how are you feeling? Like, have you leveled out, like, the, the serotonin levels and everything? Are you are you doing okay? <laughs> hey, Lou. Um, I, yeah, it, it was definitely a bit flat the first couple of days. Um, but in a way, it's... It's definitely given me time to reflect a little bit, uh, but then also it feels like it hasn't even happened as well. Like that's how fast it's all quickly um, just gone like a whirlwind. Um, but I've hung my meals up yesterday <laughs> in MIQ to remind me of what's happened um, over this past week. Um, but not only that, obviously it's, this is years. This is years, but also, um, most importantly, it's been these last 18 months, which um, has been such a unusual 18 months for everybody in the world with the current circumstances mm. and for the games to even just go ahead. Um, I think most of all that I've really gained in MIQ is perspective. And perspective that actually, you know what, it's about how you make people feel and, um, you know, looking at those medals, yeah, I can come home with medals, but uh, it's how I made people feel and how I'm feeling right now in MIQ, and it's really hard not to share all of that um, glory, but also the times where it hurt um, with somebody um, and with the people that you love that weren't able to be there. So in a way, it's... It's bittersweet right now in MIQ, but I know that um, time is going to go by fast, especially with these 8 a.m. calls. <laughs> nice. So if I love you sharing those little insights to, to the emotions that you've gone through. Can you, can you tell us about the last five years leading up to these games and the journey that was ahead of you? I could sense a wee bit of emotion uh, in your voice post-races, you know, what you've gone through to, to get to where you are, the heights you've had to travel to, to achieve the, all your successes. Tell us about these last five years. Yeah, the last five years is um, interesting. In terms of how an Olympic and Paralympic athlete usually operate is, you know, you a four-year cycle campaign and then it's moving on to the next goal very, very quickly. Um, yeah. And after Rio, uh, I obviously made that goal to get back in and, and go towards Tokyo. And mm. uh, I think if we touch base mainly on the past 18 months, uh, obviously the world changed and with COVID-19. And um, 
we, I was, I would say I was in the best physical and mental condition of my life. Um, mm. Two weeks before we went into lockdown and uh, following that was meant to be our national champs, which was our qualifying for Tokyo. And yeah. I was already setting some pretty good times in training that I knew um, I was going to have a stellar opening uh, for the you know 2019 season. And uh, it all crashed. It all came down on me. And mm. I was in lockdown on my own. And mm. it became a, quite a big struggle to understand and comprehend who I was as a person because I had just made this identity as Sophie Pascoe. And mm. I felt like I was nobody else. And so I went into a pretty dark place and I was advised to get somebody else in. Uh, so I brought yeah. a friend in and uh, we fell in love. <laughs> yes, um, I met him. I met him. He's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has been an incredible person that has allowed me to find another identity, to be Sophie. Um, he's held my hand through the darkest of times and he helped me get back into swimming along with the rest of my core support team. And if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for having this tight support team around me that knows me so well, mm. um, I definitely know that I wouldn't have been in Tokyo this year. But they were the ones who... Um, just pushed me to still be an athlete, still be Sophie Pascoe, but have this amazing balance and a newfound Sophie that um, I I had two identities now. And that's mm. what I mean by perspective. At the end of the day, no matter if I win a medal or not, those people still love me, and that's worth oh. everything. Right. I love your honesty, and this is something I've spoken about passionately. I went through the same, Soph. I went through the same. I thought I was just Izzy Dag, the rugby player, and no matter what, that's what, that's what all everyone thought I was. But I got people around me. We are more. We are brothers. We are sisters. We are partners. You know, we have family, and, and that is so amazing that you have shared that because that has just hit a little string in my heart because. I've been through mm -hmm. the same, and, and I know you a lot of young people, a lot of young athletes will be able to resonate to that as well, mate. So thank you so much for sharing that, Sophie. Yeah, I think it's, you know, when you are such a, uh, an athlete and a high-profile athlete, we, you know, we put our heart and soul into that, and mm. and sometimes it can get a little bit lost in, in the normal world. So it's nice to have and find that balance. Yeah, I think as a sporting nice. sporting public as well, we can be guilty of just seeing things as face value and just seeing you in the pool, Sophie, and what you do and kind of not really thinking much beyond that. And I think that's why it's so important hearing you and Izzy and, and people like yourselves kind of speak about this and understanding there's always more to it. So I guess when, when you're uh, under water holding your breath and we saw kind of how exhausted you were after you won your last gold, when you're doing that, are you so locked in at the moment or do you hold that perspective when you're actually swimming as well and you know that no matter what happens and who hits the wall first, it really that's not the most important thing in your life? Gosh, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I wouldn't even be able to even remember what I was thinking about <laughs> at the time. But 
Um, all I knew was <laughs> it's years of experience um, that went into that particular race, uh, the 200 IM, and uh, and I was just head down and giving it my all. And if it was going to mean that, yeah, I was, you know, vomiting on the side of the pool and being picked <laughs> up um, by the medical staff and my togs chopped off me uh, <laughs> and to have some oxygen given to me afterwards, I know that I have given everything to that race. Yeah, and that's what it means, um, that I can walk away proud and my head held high that I've given absolutely everything. Uh, so... Uh, that's what racing means to me. I am a fighter. I am a competitor. I know I've got all of those traits ingrained in me. Uh, and it's just about digging deep. So that's just what I what I do as an athlete. And that's what makes mm. us um, such strong athletes when we go out to play or, or swim in my case. Because when you want something so badly, you'll give everything. But again... I know. I knew that if I had touched that wall, I've absolutely given everything, and I, you know, you couldn't have asked for more from me. Oh man, Sophie, you, I've getting a lot of messages and from from friends saying this is a hell of an interview, and I really, really agree with it. So thank you so much for your time. We're not going to let you go straight away. We've got a text machine, so if you've got any questions for Sophie Pascoe, make sure you give us a text on double eight double three, and we'll make sure we fire those over to Sophie Pascoe. But Soph. I know you always talk about you just it's just you and that black line below you and you just swim and you are immensely tough. I have done a bit of preseason training in the pool with Rowley, your coach and he is very very hard. I got to ask how how is I can't swim to save myself so I need some help in, in that sense. But how is Rowley? How's my old mate? Rowley's good. Um obviously unfortunate circumstance that he couldn't come yeah. over to uh, Tokyo being in hospital, but um, he's now out in a recovery facility, and um, yeah, he's doing good. I mean, we were in touch every day um, over there, and I had an amazing um, friend, um, Matt Ingram, who's also my biomechanist, but he's been part of my team since I was 12, um, working yeah. with Rolly and I, and he was able to actually take Rolly's spot over there as coach. So it was really nice to be able to have someone that who understood what I have been through over all these years, and particularly obviously mm. the last few months, and then coming into this meet and having a core support team member by my side through this meet. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate of the team that we have created down in Christchurch. Team Pasco is um, definitely Paradise. the most trusted. Yeah, and the most trustworthy group <laughs> that I could ask for. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see them all, but Rolly is good. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, just before we let you go, Soph, I know you're going to get it out of MIQ soon. Uh, what are you going to get up to, my mate? Well, what, what's Sophie Pascoe going to do for herself? I know you're a, you're a fun bunny. You love getting up to some fun. What are you going to get up to? <laughs> I, I'm actually going to just take this time to spend with family and friends, the time that um, I finally have um, to be able to just enjoy with them. I mean, they've mm. sacrificed so much of my time um, over the years to be able to get to this and, and not have a start-back date. Um, yeah, I'm cool. not going to have a start-back date just because 
I've actually never been able to have a break that has not had a start back day, which has been always been in the back of my mind, and it's never actually mm. felt like I've had a break. So I'm really going to relish this time. Yeah. That's fair enough. I think oh. everyone across New Zealand agrees you probably deserve it. Is there any way you can think about Paris yet or just not not even nearly? <laughs> um, at this stage, no. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, mean, <laughs> I want to be honest because it's, it's three years, nothing three years away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, we just, we don't know what the world's doing in three years' time. So um, I'm... I'm very much looking forward to taking the break. Let's just say you will see me next year. So there, yes. there is, yes. I know that I will be getting back in the pool. I don't know about the next three years yet. I'll make that decision in a few years' time. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Sophie. Well, there you go. You got the gravy on SCNZ, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Sophie will be back next year. Beyond that, we don't know, but that's all we care about next year. But, mate... On behalf of, of the team at Izzy, uh, Baz and Izzy for Breakfast, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for the joy you've brought to New Zealand. Uh, you're an ultimate athlete. You're an absolute legend, and uh, we really appreciate what you're about, um, Sophie Pascoe. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks, guys. No worries. Thanks, Sophie. We'll, awesome. We'll see you back in Christchurch. Awesome. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Izzy, yeah. Izzy, Izzy. Yeah, good. Get that bottle of red ready, mate. Yeah, no more nicking the reds. <laughs> no more. <laughs> I know you're just, you're just in awe of Sophie, aren't you, mate? And so am I, to be honest. Oh, I think the whole of New Zealand is, mate. Like, all right, what she's been able to achieve. Like, you think 19 medals over four different campaigns. Um, and she's only 28. She's young. But love what she's about. She's figuring out who she is, her identity. She's found another uh, person in her life who I've, I've actually met him uh, at the airport. Lovely bloke. So, look, awesome, awesome. I'd love to hear your insights on that, Louis, interview. Give us a text on double eight double three because that was bloody awesome. And that was our McCafe coffee catch-up with Sophie Pascoe, Louis. Beautiful. Mm. I don't know if this is going to be better the second time we play it, but we'll give it another whirl. It's coming up to Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's world, it's Trudy's world, it's Trudy's world, it's Trudy's world. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Thanks, Producer Joe. You've really knocked it out of the park there. Uh, the lighter side of the news for your Thursday, the 9th of September. After lockdown, perhaps you're pondering a bit of a life change. Well, this one beats them all. A Catholic bishop in Spain who signed up under the Pope to remain celibate and focus on his religion has resigned from his post after falling in love with a Spanish divorced mum of two who writes satanic and erotic novels. That's knocking it out of the park. <laughs> in this age of screen queens and digital devices taking over families, I don't know what you guys do on a Sunday, but I call a Sunday roast every weekend. I've got three sons, so Sunday roast around yes. the dinner table, six o'clock, nice. no, non-negotiable. Bring others, bring beers, just turn up, right? Yes. So I always ask them midweek what they want for the roast. Yesterday my 15-year-old asked for roast steak. So I've sort of had a little bit of a lesson about that. It's roast beef and you have it with Yorkshire puddings and, you know, beef wellington perhaps. Yeah. Ten-year-old asks for roast toasties. So that's his favourite, cheese toasties roasted. <laughs> so I can't do that one. My 23-year-old, he sent me a text because that's how we communicate. He lives downstairs in the flat, but right, he sent me sure. a text. Uh, it was carambuan, which is something beginning with K. I was like, ooh, that sounds exotic. Sounds like we might be having a whole roasted fish or something. So I Googled it. It's poisonous octopus. 
So he wants roasted <laughs> poison octopus for Sunday roast. So he's being a dick. So um, <laughs> looks like tough answers, Trini. What do you want? Did you know I decided on roast lamb. It was just easy because there was some survey this week that roast lamb was our favourite lockdown meal. So it's roast lamb. Is he we putting? Oh. What, how much tomato sauce would you be putting with some roast lamb? <laughs> <laughs> roast tomato Sorry, sauce. Sorry, Trini. I have. I'll have to bury it in, tom- in tomato sauce. But how good is a roast, Trudy? I agree with how you. A Sunday roast is the biggest way to connect with your family, bring the family together. I want to know, do, Trudy, do you, do you cook it in the oven? Because I, I cook most of my roast on a Weber. I've got a charcoal Ooh, little cooker. Oh, nice. Do, no, do in most the oven. Of my good old 1980s number in slow the kitchen. Slow cook? Yeah, slow cooked. Usually. Last yeah. week was beef wellington with the, the old oh. Yorkshire puddings, yeah, with gravy in oh. the middle of the little, you know. So, yeah. Jeez. And my last little thing. How do you thing, do your potatoes, oh, Trude? Oh, I, I sorry. Par cook them and then into yeah, then, nice. yeah, and then into lots of salt and olive oil and herbs and oh. into the oven. Throw in some Hungry yams now. this time of year. Yeah, little half onions, <laughs> yummy. Um, and the final thing is, we've had a giggle at producer Joe's expenses singing his fear of bananas as onesie, his car park his squealing because of the druggy experience. But sitting in the background is Karen. Cares, quiet yeah. achiever every morning, just. Doing the job, quick peek at. I decided a quick peek at Karen was needed. Kids, the, the K man. So, Mum Suzanne's a sports um, journalist. She's You've been on the show. She's been on the show. Dad Eugene is a senior journalist. He's, he's quite famous too. Um, Kez helps out with Quizzy Dag most mornings, throws a few questions in. He's 19, he lives at home, um, he doesn't have any food ph- phobias. He's downloaded the TAB app, even though his mum said not to. He drives a blue hatchback that looks like his mum's wheels. And today he's wearing a bright blue Tommy Hilfiger puffer vest that matches oh. his car. Oh. And I was just wondering, okay. lovely, strawberry okay. blonde, strawberry blonde. Um, are you single? I'm actually not, Trudy. Right, no. so what's her name? <laughs> Lovely girlfriend called Olivia of uh, three years. Nice. Oh. Not bad. 19. So if you okay. started dating okay. at 16, okay, we'll go. We go. Yeah, so right. there you go. Well, look, a sneak I'll... peek after the roast into Kez's life. And I like how you just subtly. Right. Yeah. Strawberry blonde. Is Strawberry he? Blonde. What is that AKA for? <laughs> uh, that's like my son. That's a little bit of golden. A little bit of golden, but that's okay. Really? We can handle gold. That. Mate, gold's a new thing. Gold's a new thing. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. We're, back. We're back with NFL after the news with Trudy. <laughs> It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.